Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast pre-US Grand Prix edition. Yes, we finally have some Formula One action coming back to our screens this weekend. And Tommy, especially the WTF1 founder, giving it two thumbs up. How you doing, Tommy? You good, mate? Yeah, I'm Simply good. Looking, looking forward to F1 again. Yeah, got your little Simply Lovely hoodie on. Indeed. Wow, that was a that was a posture change. If you're audio listener, that was quite <laughs> quite aggressive. And of course, the WTF1 author ferociously finishing off the WTF1 annual, Katie Fairman. How is yeah. it? Yeah. How are you? It's it's looking good. I had a brainstorm session with Ollie. He's the guy that's designing it uh, earlier this week, and what I'm telling you, it's full of so <laughs> many good things. You better <laughs> get it because it's looking so good. Looking fire, but don't mm-hmm. set it on the book. Uh, there'll be a link in the description if you want to go and pre-order it and you'll get it before Christmas if you live in the UK. Like, guaranteed, isn't it? That's like a, yeah. a guarantee. I'll hand deliver it if not. You shouldn't Ooh, that's a that. big that's promise. A, that's a big promise. Anyway, whilst Katie... Yeah, whilst uh, <laughs> Katie um, uh, re- really didn't want to be making that promise to you all, uh, let's talk about what we're here for today in the podcast. And that is... Free practice one, we've got a, a whole host of new faces coming onto the track. And I feel like we need to talk about them because I don't think, I don't know, Tommy, you are a bit of a thesaurus when it comes to thesaurus? No. Wikipedia? No. What's yeah. the one? What's the uh, big book? Encyclopedia. That's the one of Formula One. When's the last time we had so many new faces, do you reckon? Like, just going back. You don't have to give us a real fact, but... Uh, well, this is probably the most we've seen until they did i think back in like 2006 every they had like this friday session where like all the test drivers would run um that's when it was always different every time and we don't get that anymore so now fp1 we do see the odd person come in like a kubitza for like sponsor reasons or um or this nick uh, yeah nick devries doing ev- every single team <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's 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 funny that we've got so many and also not surprising because I think we mentioned on the podcast not too long ago that it's getting very close to the end of the season. And let's not forget that every team has to do this with both cars and a lot of teams still haven't even decided one of them. Alpine. I wonder why. Because What, what could have possibly... <laughs> yeah, because... That's a strange thing that's gone on, haven't we? Because I'm busy, guys, you know. That's the real reason. You're You're busy. Yeah, I yeah. am. Yeah, yeah. You so. are doing the annual. Um, yeah. So that's... I said you're going to have to wait, hun. The annual is more important than doing an FP1 session. I'm afraid. They saw your karting video and were like, "We need to get her in the seat." Right. <laughs> let's talk about our first driver in this lineup. Uh, we'll go to McLaren and Alex Palou. Is it Palou? Is that how you say? Hello. Palou. Palou. Hello. Hello. So I know that people are like, um, <laughs> Alex Palou. That's what they say on yeah. the IndyCar coverage. So I'm just going to assume it's right. But commentators also... can always be wrong, yeah. um, but okay. we'll stick with that. 
we'll stick with that. Um, so, of course, he is uh, driving for McLaren after signing with them. Uh, he's tested a Formula One car a few times, hasn't he? Uh, Barcelona, uh, which was back in, when was that? Uh, September? Was it September? Something like that. And then again, he tested it at the Red Bull ring. Um, and we'll get uh, his debut in a proper Formula One session uh, this weekend. Of course, he won the IndyCar Championship last year. And you have to say, he's quite a competent driver. He's shown some pretty decent uh, form over there. And of course, McLaren, I was about to say McLaren wouldn't sign anyone willy-nilly, but then they have been signing everybody. <laughs> everyone and letting uh, everyone. They let Mario Andretti in the car the other day. Yeah, which was amazing. Very, very cool. That was around Laguna Seca, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, was what, a, I mean, what, what a circuit for a, an, <laughs> for a guy yeah, to, in his uh, 80s, isn't age. It? Yeah, well, is, that... is he 80 something? I think oh, he's 80 have something. You have yeah. looked that up. Um, but Alex Pillow, uh, he. Um... 82. 82. 82 oh, driving. Uh, for, I know it wasn't a modern Formula One, but it's still. Uh, still a Formula One car. A Formula still One a... car round Laguna Seca at 82 years old. What a hero. You know you've made it in life when when that's yeah, what you're doing dogs. at 82 years old. Uh, but yeah, you have to say that Alex has definitely got uh, the the credibility to have a go in a Formula One car. And, and this is probably the one I'm the most excited to see is an IndyCar driver, a a champion uh, from IndyCar, to have a go in a Formula One. Yeah, box. I'd, I'd I'd agree with you. It's it's always a fascinating debate to see because we've never really seen it too much. Uh, and there's always a big debate of um, would an IndyCar driver be good over here? And there's a lot of talk of IndyCar drivers going, oh, yeah, you know, an IndyCar driver can go and be in Formula One really successful. And you've not really seen that since Jack Villeneuve way back in the 90s. But the modern drivers, we don't tend to see go from IndyCar to uh, to Formula One, for example. But there's... There's been a lot of talk about IndyCar drivers going to um, Formula One because Colton Herter, of course, was the. Now it's Nick DeVries that gets rumored to every single team, uh, but once upon a time ago, three months ago, whatever it was. Wow, I don't know that long ago. But... It, it, <laughs> feels, yeah. it feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it's been a crazy season of lots of different stories, but he. Yeah, he was rumored to be going to every team. He was the most sought after driver in Formula One. Everyone wanted to get him in the car. So it is quite funny that McLaren have, he was so desperate. And then they've gone, right, we're going to put two IndyCar drives in. None of them are Colton Herter, but it is going to be fascinating to see what he can do. And it's it's going to be a great opportunity. Can't really tell too much from a free practice session, of course. But if he's there doing the work and will obviously get to hear from what McLaren say afterwards um yeah I agree with you Matt it's going to be probably the most fascinating one because you don't tend to see that uh an IndyCar driver come into Formula One it's very much a you IndyCar drivers have taught the talk about how you can come into F1 and be fine here it is let's let's do it it's I very, love how it's we very also... different series I love how we also treat them as like they're a different breed. Like, yeah, these IndyCar drivers, uh, they, they won't be able to drive a Formula One car. When You know, you look at IndyCar onboards and you go, if anything, you know, they have to wrestle and a lot a more. They've got a, a lot, lot more. more yeah, it's Formula One is very much like the the technical side. I think 
was it Palau? No, it was sorry, Pato Award. Palau. Also... Sorry, it was Palau a minute ago. <laughs> now it's Palau. <laughs> Palau. Potato, sorry. potato, isn't it? <laughs> don't, it was change, pat- don't change it, it mid podcast when you've just taught me. <laughs> Palou? Could we have another one? Yeah. (laughs) I I think the thing with the IndyCar F1 debate, it always seems to be the IndyCar drivers, um, like Formula One drivers that go over there go, oh my God, like, yeah, no power steering. It's really physical. And the physicality comes from the fact that you're wrestling the steering wheel, just watching on board and you're like, oh my word, this is insane. And then the physicality from the Formula One side becomes where it's not obviously easy to drive, but like light steering you're throwing it into corners but it's your body is the thing that absolutely wrecks and that's something that pato award said that he was like my neck was absolutely killing me after just doing a test session so it's yeah, interesting because when we spoke to grosjean in miami he said that he had to train his arms so much more because of going to indycar so it's, it's yeah. crazy how they they have to change uh, what do you make of alex uh, miss fairman well, I don't really watch much IndyCar. I know Tommy's like our IndyCar expert. IndyCar correspondent on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I certainly know who Alex Palau, Palou, Palou, whatever Hello. we're going to call him. Palou there. I'm going I'm to um, Google it while she talks. Yeah. <laughs> well, why is that? Um, but obviously he was somebody who was like the OG Oscar Piastri with the contract fiasco. That's actually kind yeah. of how I got to know who he was, which is, like you say, it's slightly embarrassing because he literally won the championship, the IndyCar championship last year. But yeah, he was the guy that was signing with McLaren. But then Chip Ganassi also said that, no, we've got a deal with him. That's who he won his championship with last year. And uh, yeah, it's uh, an interesting situation. He's now going to be racing with Chip Ganassi next year instead of McLaren. So Felix Rosencrist will be remaining there. But yeah, certainly very exciting talent. And like you say, quite relevant at the moment because we had all of the chat of super license points and things like that. Um, and how when you compete in IndyCar, there are so few in like super license points you can get to get into F1 compared to other series. So if he can come out and instantly be really quick in that McLaren, which could be an interesting feat because certain other drivers in that car have struggled this year um yeah it will be an interesting comparison sorry we shouldn't talk about it should we because you've only got four races left yeah I don't want to how are you coping um I'm kind of just a little bit in denial, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he just arrived on a horse and I was like, no, that yeah. can't be because it's his last race at the USGP. It's because he just likes no. horses. Like, exactly. Just, you know, enjoying the Texas vibe. Yeah, I mean, else. <laughs> yeah. As I said, I think in a previous podcast, I will also be probably brought to tears in the final race. So uh, it will we'll be, be a, it'll be a very emotional group chat for sure. Uh, um, talking yes. about that that horse thing while we're on the on the subject it's quite funny because i'm pretty sure one of katie's predictions was like he'll do the all-out american thing and i think we would having the discussion of will he or won't he because he's not had a great season is he gonna go into his last race and want to be all kind of a bit jokey with it and he's gone even more extreme than normal and just gone screw it this could be my last u.s grand prix all out he, he was only horse. missing like waving an American flag as he was coming in um, for the complete look. But... You wouldn't think he's Australian, would you? Right? It's, <laughs> it's incredible. He absolutely loves the American culture. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, big shout out to Horsey McHorse as well uh, for, for making an appearance in the paddock. Um, uh, yeah, I'm good sure stuff. there's a rule that says they're not allowed animals in the paddock. 
Yes, sure but as we know, Formula One can bend Roscoe the rules when necessary. Well, I know this, Roscoe's an exception, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, Roscoe's a dog, Tommy, not a horse. Okay, that's where they draw the line. <laughs> you might be able to smuggle Roscoe like under a coat or so something. So what you're you saying is Frank has a chance. Yeah. Frank, Frank has <gasps> Frank always been paddock. accredited, actually. Um, <laughs> now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I myself have tried therapy before and I can absolutely tell you it's worth it. Just feeling that huge weight lift off your shoulders is something that can change your life for the better. Less stress, more confidence, and just having that spring in your step. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash WTF1 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash WTF1. Right, moving on. Uh, Ferrari, let's talk about them. And Robert Schwartzman is going into that seat. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's been in, in Formula 2 now for a few years, hasn't he? He's been with Prima. Um, he was one of those which seemed like he was trying to be fast-tracked into a Ferrari-powered team for quite some time. But then, you have to say, bottled the F2 championship when Mick Schumacher and Callum Iwatlock were fighting and basically didn't want to win the title. Neither of them wanted to win the title by the end of the season. And you think Schwartzman, who did have, you know, wasn't terrible in Formula 2 by any stretch, but just seemed to tail off at the wrong time. Um, but I think, again, this is a great opportunity for him to at least show the Ferrari team what he's made of. I think it's crucial for all these rookies. They don't make any crucial errors. Otherwise, you know, you may as well just say goodbye to any hopes uh, or dreams of of being in Formula One. Um, but yeah, obviously, this whole Formula One bringing this this rule in is to give young drivers and young talents the opportunity to drive a Formula One car uh, at an F1 weekend. and. I, th- I hope Robert Schwartzman takes it with with both hands because, uh, yeah, he seems like a nice guy and and pretty decent in what he has done, uh, but hasn't done a Leclerc or a Russell or a Norris and and uh, stolen too many headlines. And Schwartzman's definitely an interesting one because off the back of last year, you know, he was Piastri's biggest rival, I guess, for that title. He came second, and. It was like there were lots of people talking about him, about his potential future in F1. And then over the winter break and such, we obviously had the awful situation with everything going on with Russia and Ukraine. And then all the sanctions that came with that for Russian drivers. Robert Schwartzman was a Russian driver. He's now changed his nationality. Um, so he is can be back in the Formula One circles again. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, like you say, came fourth in the year before. So in 2020, um, the Ferrari website says that he won four races that year, which was the most of any driver, which obviously Ferrari, and because he's part of their driver academy, is going to pick out all of the good bits. Uh, but yeah, he's currently a Ferrari test driver. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on this weekend. Um, I think it's very likely that he'll also do another FP1 session later this year. 
um, because they haven't really got a long list of rookies that they can call upon uh, to that has the experience to do the FP1 session. So I am available. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm open for any conversations for how we want to have. Slide into I- Matteo Bonotto's DMs. Well, to be fair, we did an F1 manager video recently and and me and Tommy really showed how badly (laughs) we run a Formula One team. So, uh, in in Uh, fact, he has watched that. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. No, he hasn't Um, watched that yet. I wish. (laughs) Yeah, Robert Schwartzman was, I'd say, very hyped. And Mm -hmm. I think if you look at his career, you know, he was finishing like top three in, in championships in everything uh one obviously the the formula three title went into formula two and was good as a rookie um and then like katie said just missed out to piastri the year after so he's had a lot of success and got lots of podiums and if you look at his his results i just think it's really it was weird because he had that hype where it definitely felt like when Mick Schumacher, uh, when that Haas seat was free and they were on about you know, putting in a, a youngster in and we all knew the Ferrari connection, obviously we all thought it would be Mick because of, let's be let's be honest, you know, surname did bring a lot of, of value and stuff. But Robert Schwartzman, in my opinion, was just as worthy of that, that seat. So, um, but unfortunately, you know, he's not, not racing really much this year because of like Katie mentioned the 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 sanctions and stuff so that was probably made things difficult um and it sort of stalled his career somewhat um when it was looking fairly good after 2021 um so yeah be interesting to see how he does and if Ferrari maybe it will kind of like relight a spark with Ferrari Driver Academy and they still see him in in good light and think that he can move up because let's not forget that there is still a place at Haas. There certainly is and lots of talk about that one as, as there always is. Um, but yeah, I think 2020 as I sort of alluded upon was, was the crucial year for him. If he had managed to win that title, he would have done, you know, he would have won the Toyota racing series, then formula three and then formula two. But, yeah, he just as a rookie, the same as yeah, PS3, as a rookie, so. and then he would have you know more than more than likely got that that seat over Mick. But yeah, it was just unfortunate that that happened, and then because um, Formula Two hasn't exactly had the hype it's it's had for maybe years gone by, where you've had that star driver. It's always felt like oh, you know someone's winning after their second year or or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 brutal. Motor motorsport is brutal, and unless you win in your rookie year, you're kind of seen as oh well, you're not that. You're not you're not a a Leclerc, a Russell, a Norris, or or whatever. So um, yeah, you got a peak at the right time, and there's so much to it. I think Nick DeVries is a is a perfect example of you you get a chance at a very good time you take it and it can completely change your career so not to say not all drivers are skilled but there is definitely amount of fortune and and how like it all works out that you've just got to sort of hope your career peaks at the right time when seats are available and stuff exactly uh let's move on now to alpha romeo uh, and they have teo Porcher. Uh, going into their seat uh, this weekend for free practice one. Uh has been pretty good, although has been in Formula 2 since 2020. So again, 
well, I say since 2020, he had four races uh, in his first season when he moved over from Formula 3 early. Um, yeah, and then finished fifth in 2021 and then second uh, in 2022. Well, so far, second in 2022. Um, yeah, he's been good. I, I always remember, it's so funny, that the only thing that always... Uh, I, I remember exactly about Porcher first say. is him trying to sell his merchandise for about a thousand pounds. No, it wasn't a thousand, but it, it, it was, was very like, expensive. Yeah. More expensive. So, like, oh, was that him? It was some jewelry like the or bracelet. something. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, here we oh, go. Here yeah. we have my bracelet for 30,000 pounds. No, whatever. It was, it was, it was pushing like a hundred odd quid. I think it was. Yeah. Everyone was like, I, everyone was like, we love you, Taylor, but this is more expensive than Formula One merch. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's funny that that's the only thing that sticks to me so far. But he's obviously <laughs> also a very good driver as well. Uh, he's won three times this year, two times last year. Um, and probably you'd put him in the same kind of category as Schwartzman in the sense of what he's achieved um, in in his previous uh, years. He won the French F4 championship uh, or the junior championship in 2018. He won the Formula Four championship in 2019, finished second in Formula Three uh, in 2020 so he's got a, a, a decent racing record for sure um but just lacking that win 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 give me a seat which uh even then doesn't necessarily guarantee you a seat but it puts you in, in better stead but as tommy says it's it's just getting that that timing right and also making the most of an opportunity like this weekend uh to prove uh to alfa romeo and of course it's not just alfa romeo that will then chat about how good teo Porcher is but every link that they have with other teams and and whatnot so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a big day uh, for him. I I think Theo Pochera is probably one of the best in in F two in terms of like people I could see in Formula One. Like I, I'm under the same opinion as you that it's not it's not a huge amount of um, like like we saw maybe a few years ago when you had. Charles Leclerc, George Russell, and Orlando, and you knew they were going to get into Formula One. It was just hundred percent like there was no way they were never not. And it seems like these days you watch F two, and I think uh, the driver market is a very good example of this. That all these seats have opened up, and they're looking at people like Colton Herter and Nick DeVries and stuff rather than younger talent. And I think you know we'd love to see some great young talent getting in there, but I think that does show the sort of place that maybe Formula 2 is at the moment. I think with Porcher, the good thing about him at the moment is he's got, he's very young. So he's only 19. Um, he's just a baby. He is. And he was, he was the youngest uh, mm. F2 winner, I believe, when he won in Monaco. He won in like 17. Yeah, he was 17 like, years old. So issue. he's still very young. He's doing really well. I guess the biggest disappointment is the fact that he didn't win the title this year. And you've got to say, I know, I know Drogovic, uh, I'm not like hugely like wowed by Drogovic and thinks he's amazing, but he won the title by a huge margin. You know, he's nearly a hundred points clear. And that, regardless of the fact that Drogovic is, that's his third season, it doesn't really reflect well on the other drivers that haven't been able to get anywhere near him. And I think that's hurt them more than anything. And yeah, Pochera is another one. You know, he started the season with wins and stuff, and you just think like, how are you so far, so far behind in, in that title? But the good thing is he's got youth on his side, and then you can argue that if he can't get a Formula One seat, if he wins F two, he can't stay in there anyway. So maybe he stays in Formula Two next year, and then it's time. Um, really weird that that 
as soon as you win, sometimes it can hinder you because where else mm. do you go in that gap if a F1 seat isn't available? Yeah, Porches a really interesting one. I mean, looking at the F2 season this year, the second half of it, like every time I seem to tune into a race, he'd have an issue or he'd have crashed or he's got in a tangle. Like his season really kind of fell away from him towards the end there. Um, but I think out of everyone here, he's probably one of the drivers in the strongest position in terms of actually getting a proper deal with Alfa Romeo. Like he's part of the Sauber Academy already, but for Alfa Romeo, they've only got Robert Kubica, who is, you know, don't get me wrong, an excellent reserve driver, but he's not getting any younger. Um, although he, you know, he could continue to put a load of sponsorship money <laughs> into that team and be there till he's 65. I don't know. Um, and then they also have Callum Eilot, who's now doing a lot of IndyCar, things like that. So if he plays his cards right, I think there could be a potentially really interesting sort of like development or reserve driver role there for him. Um, and that would be a really good stepping stone into Formula One if, you know, some Bottas decides actually do you know what I've signed a multi-year deal but I've now done two years I'm not really vibing I'm off or Joe you know he's had his contract renewed for 2023 but he could do the same like they might have given him this extra year and maybe he's just not showing the potential that they thought he could have and so they could bring him through so out of the ones that we're going to talk about I think he might be have the most chance of making it into f1 but yeah i still can't believe he's born in 2003 like that's just so depressing it's <laughs> it's just, thing, he's yeah. so young he's oh crazy so yeah the world is his oyster it certainly is uh, it's probably worth mentioning as well poor chair did have a, a formula one test uh, last year in in august at the hungaro ring um and of course was um in contention for that seat for this year uh, but of course they went for joe guan yu and uh frederick vassur actually said it was too risky to promote poor chair uh, back then so um yeah it's not the first time he'll be in a formula one car but it's certainly the first time he'll be in a proper session uh, so but yeah in, again uh, it'll be cool to see how he does michael myers sure is scary but the last thing you need is to be hairy this halloween Luckily, our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's time to tackle your hairy problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. Their finely tuned pube products features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. And then we've got Williams and Logan Sargent, uh, who we still think will be that second driver. But they're, they're going to be an announcement soon. Didn't Williams well, say something it's going to be an announcement? Yos Capito. Williams, like, this is a little shout out. 
have done an amazing job this year with engaging fans whenever they go to races. Like they have the pop-ups, they have one in Canada, Miami, London, they've got one in uh, Austin. And at these events, they try and either get the drivers to join through a FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, or put them in the store themselves. And yeah, apparently Oscar Pito was in this Williams pop-up at the weekend and suggested that there could be an announcement about their second driver on Saturday. So don't hold me to that. Because it's only rumours I wasn't there. But But also, if they're announcing on Saturday, I think we all know, with it being in Austin, who who it's going to be. It's Frank, because he's gone to Austin. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine. Yeah, imagine that. Curveball. Nicholas Atifu's actually coming back. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, with Logan Sargent as well, like, uh, what can he really do in an FP1 session? I guess it's more like behind-the-scenes work. Not crash. Yeah, as long as he has a pretty solid run and shows a bit of potential then yeah uh really is looking like i I can't really see anyone else getting that seat and if they're rumoring the fact that uh they're going to announce it then it's all the puzzle pieces are coming together but knowing this silly season all the puzzle pieces will come together and then they'll announce it's Mario Andretti or something so (laughs) (laughs) that's the way this season's gone great little test in the week So Logan Sargent, he's had a third place in 2020 uh, in F3. Uh, He finished in seventh in F3 for for 2021. Uh, And then he's currently third in the Formula 2 championship, although looks unlikely to get any higher than that if I was looking at Porcher's points, which is currently 164. Yeah, so no chance. Um, So it's only going to be as as good of uh, being third uh, in in, in this year. I think he's on the super. I know this. This is one of the things that's really annoying because there's no like set FIA document or website or anything that tells you the super license points. But I know he's. There's talk that he is on the bubble because of the points that he's getting. Obviously, that if you look at the F2 championship this year, like you say, he's third, but it's very close between. Uh, he's on 135 in third and Liam Lawson is only 10 no 12 points behind him and he's seventh so apparently he he has to finish in the top five according yeah, to this exactly so it can at. really so, easily not get the super license points but then I'm seeing another one saying that he could finish sixth in Formula 2 and still exactly. get super license points yeah that's what he, that's the confusing nature to winter series and all this and to top it up and no one knows so I guess if they announce him, they're confident that he will get enough. It's almost as if the super license points system is oh, confusing rubbish. and rubbish. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Logan Sargent, but he's probably the one I'm least excited for just purely because I just, I don't know. He's, he's not really done a huge amount uh, prior to this. Um, it's not but... hugely exciting. I think it's... Uh, if you're an um... American fan, it's exciting because he'll be the first American in F1 since Alexander Rossi. And obviously, we've and everyone seen loved a, a huge. <laughs> <laughs> but we've seen such a big growth of F1 in the states. So, yeah, maybe yeah. they think it could be a good marketing move. A lot of love over there. Well, I think so... Tommy, you you covered this off maybe I can't remember quite a while ago in a podcast when we spoke about it, and you were saying, "Oh yeah, the American fans will love him for all of three races or something." Yeah. And then... <laughs> no, like See, you said, might... you went to Miami, and everyone everyone's cheering Verstappen and Hamilton and stuff. It's it's the 
the but then we didn't drivers. there's no american driver in at that point no, it exactly. may well all change it may be a logan sergeant you never know um they'll be they may be loving them uh, loving the him, sergeant sorry. steam train i'm trying to think of like it's sergeant your new high <laughs> sergeant steam train sounds like a thomas the tank engine character <laughs> anyway <laughs> Cool. Good luck to Logan Sargent. Uh, next up, and finally, Haas. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi is uh, going into the car Ooh. there. How is that a rookie? It's We're not, not talking about well, it. We're just talking about people in FP1. New drivers, new faces. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, Haas don't need to or won't be able to tick off any boxes with Antonio Giovinazzi, that's for sure. But Gio's back in the car. Whoop, whoop. Again. The new oh, American loving that. Yeah. yeah. Gio. Doesn't want to talk racing. She's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah Gio uh, he doesn't he's not um, it doesn't seem like he's heavily rumoured to be getting that Haas seat bizarrely it seems to be Hulkenberg that's the one that's getting a lot of talk of that Haas seat yeah Gio's the one that's jumping in the car all the time and, and doing these sessions so who knows maybe it's just a, a little thank you from Ferrari just Make Cheers! Sure yeah, thanks so much for your your hard work. Here's a here's sorry we couldn't one. keep you at Alfa Romeo, but here's a house drive. Here's a house drive. Uh, yeah, we don't need to cover really too much about Geo, I imagine, because everyone knows Geo, and he used to race in Formula One uh, and couldn't beat a old Kimi Raikkonen. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said it every time. Times. Everyone every knows time. our opinion of Geo. Lovely guy, L- great, great guy hair. though. Great honestly. hair. Oh, it sounds like the Nutella thing. Uh, it does, it does. Yeah. God, Tommy's so sarcastic, isn't he? Bless him. Right. Uh, and finally, probably just worth mentioning, uh, loads of teams, as Tommy said at the top, haven't really decided uh, or announced all of their FP1 drivers. Um, but ones that have been confirmed, a Pato Award uh, for McLaren in Abu Dhabi, Felipe Dragovic for Aston Martin in Abu Dhabi, and Pietro Fittipaldi for Haas uh, in Mexico and Abu Dhabi. And that, does tick the box even though he has driven he's done Formula one. one car yeah or Formula one yeah, race one before. race i think a rookie is if you've done <laughs> more than two so has have put in giovanazzi and fittipaldi have both done formula one races as their rookies yeah. well no they're not putting geo in as their rookie are they? no they're sorry just... as their as as fp1 drives so it just, just as a banner, a banner like, drive i think yeah. for geo isn't it yeah. um but yeah out of pato award felipe Drogovic, pietro fittipaldi are any of them getting an F1 drive? Probably not. No. <laughs> no. 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 No, definitely not. No. Dragovic, wow. Dragovic maybe. Yeah, like, maybe. Uh, no, no, no. You can't say maybe and then. No. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Pato Award, no. Fittipaldi, no. Dragovic, a slim chance. Slim maybe a chance. Hassle or something, In like but... 10 years when. 10 years. Ten years. Wow. When Alonso retires. Okay, so Alonso retires at 51 years old. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, L plan. <laughs> and finally, we've uh, covered all that FP1 stuff, so hopefully you enjoy it. It's actually later today, isn't it? it was, this podcast is going up pretty much straight away. Uh, 
there's still loads more talk about the cost cap and rebels breach of the cost cap and what we've now heard is that the FIA have offered uh, an, uh, an agreement for a penalty, basically, to Red Bull for their alleged breach. Or well, it's not alleged. It's, well, they think they've spent more and, and Red Bull still don't think they have. Uh, so it's now at a stage where Red Bull sees this agreement confidentially, of course, even though there's loads of hearsay and articles and blah, 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 all this stuff you read online, you go, is any of this even true? Probably not. They've been offered something. Now Red Bull have to decide whether they accept the penalty or they appeal it to an an adjudication board. Uh, And then it continues on because Formula One is simple. Woohoo. The whole thing just, it's just, it's a bit weird, isn't it? You know, it's a bit weird to be publicly told that there's a, you know, this offer on the table, but no one knows what the offer is or any confirmation of what the FIA think Rebel have done. There's this whole 1.8 million flying around and all oh, its sickness and its catering and its stuff like this. That still seems to be floating in the atmosphere, but in the grand scheme of what a budget is, I don't know how those two are the ones that are allocated to be the ones that, that sent them over. I've also been reading <laughs> some things about the fact, again, this is complete and utter hearsay, but I've been reading that uh, something around Red Bull expecting some sort of reimbursement from the government and they didn't get it. And that's what caused them to go over and all this sort of Blame stuff. Li- you know Blame I mean, Liz right? Trust. Yeah. <laughs> she's leaving is, now. So. She's an easy scapegoat. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just all a little bit, it's a shame, really. It's a shame for the sport to have another thing hanging over um, what, you know, is Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen's been unbelievable this year and deserves the world title. And again, last year, you know, it's all up for debate as to who deserved that world title. But uh, I think you can safely say Verstappen and Hamilton both deserve the title. Uh, and hopefully both their teams, well, I say Mercedes have, but hopefully Red Bull have also been in line with the rules. But this is the whole thing. It just has this whole kind of murky, vague fans throwing dirt at each other when they don't really know the truth. And unfortunately we just have to wait and no wonder fans get irritable and start assuming things when we don't have clarity or transparency. It's been going on so long as well that it's just people really want to know what's going on. Um, and it is just classic Formula One where it's very slow to sort of decide what the breach is and what the punishment is, uh, and it's delayed uh, and been delayed. And then now the the heavily rumoured, of course, it's still not 100% confirmed, but pretty much every publication is re- reporting that they've uh, been offered this accepted breach agreement, which basically is... Uh, We'll give you a punishment and we'll hear no more of it. Um so yeah, it could it could be uh a whole the the whole chaos of what they're gonna do. This is in huge for Formula One and you've got Mercedes saying that, you know, we'll just spend way over then if if you can get away with it. Um and equally other teams going, well and Red Bull obviously saying that, oh well it was only catering and we just got caught out by tax. Um and to be fair, Red Bull still uh, adamant that they didn't which is a very interesting stance when the the it's FIA brief. clearly think they <laughs> have so um yeah and it, and all this talk of what's going to happen and could 
could they be disqualified from the whole championship? It's very much seeming like the it looks like it could just be a case of we never get to find out, a bit like the Ferrari engine thing. We don't talk about that, Tommy. That was confidential and uh, in a sealed and envelope. And so is, yeah, and so <laughs> this will be by the sound well, of Well, we don't know. Well, own, isn't it only if they reject it or something? I'd, it, obviously they, they accept, they accept, if they accept it, it, if they accept then it, yeah. we hear. And if not, it goes to another board. I think it doesn't have it doesn't help either when fans aren't being given clarity, and then people like Zach Brown start slinging mud through the FIA and and Red Bull and everything else, you know. And it, of course, you know, we're going to latch on to anything we hear. Um, and I feel like they either go down the route of they don't tell us anything until a decision's made, like they don't start this, this you know, they don't set something on fire and then just leave it for a while, or they give us clarity <laughs> the whole way through. But what we're getting here is like clarity, clarity. Oh, hold on. Wait, what? No, you got, you've just led us down this path and now you're going to stop before we've even. Oh, and then we get irritable. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just Formula One. Things, I can't isn't understand. It? I just want a day without, you know, some controversy in Formula One. Is that too much to <laughs> ask for? Racing, you know? But yeah. Like... As well, I'm going to have a field day over this as well, by the way. Like, it almost feels like this is just set up for it because there's not, there's not the. The juicy title fight said so this is probably going to lead mm. most of the thing yeah you just know they're going to come up with some sort of like money pun for one of the episode titles or something like that yeah. but mm. cash is king uh, happen. we've already happen. had cash king cash is king for catering <laughs> check out oh, oh gosh yeah. good one yeah mm. i saw adrian stewie which made me laugh so i'm just gonna <laughs> stewie so I'm just gonna share that one. I'm so sorry, I don't know who it was, but I saw that on Twitter and that still makes me laugh now. That's really um, good. It was really good, eh? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of like the, just how the FIA seems to be running nowadays, where they're like, Yeah, you better not break that rule or there's gonna be consequences, and then someone breaks the rule and they're like, Oh no, we have to think of a consequence. <laughs> like I'd... there's just seems to be no forward thinking about like what happens if they break the budget cap. Like it's I don't know if it's an easy thing to do because Rebel seem to have been the only one that have like gone over it by quite a margin. But why was this not the first thing that they spoke about? And they were like, right, okay, so if somebody goes over the $145 million, what shall we make them like? What will the consequence be? What will the sanction be? Let's make sure that they instantly get their points from last year, you know, taken away or blah. I just don't understand. Like Formula One is a sport where everybody tries to jump through every loophole or jump through every hoop and find every loophole going. And now that's happened. And it's like FIA, like the John Travolta gif of him, like looking around, just like <laughs> not knowing what to do. It's a really difficult situation, I think, with this cost cap, because I think the cost cap in general is a really good thing for Formula One because it mm. stops the big teams Spending and spending and spending and the big brands being able to dip into their never-ending wallets. I think the problem that they've had is that, you know, where do you have leniency for genuine mistakes or genuine errors or or whatever? And, you know, it's not just a case of, okay, this, this team spent over by a pound. You are now cheats. Like that's, that's where you also have that other side where you go, the difficulty of weighing that up where you go, okay, well, if, if you spend a pound over, you're disqualified. That's it, straight up. Don't make the mistakes. Like, they either go that down that route. It, yeah, that you, you either go it. down that route and that's it. You don't allow for any mistakes, any problems like that, any tax rebates or whatever the hell's going on, that one rumor of, of things, whatever. Like, 
it's it's a cost cap for a reason and you know they've been speaking about it uh, about it a lot on on the coverage and whatever that you know seven million dollars up to seven million dollars is a minor spend i think martin brundle was saying it on sky and he's been also saying well that's a whole development um sort of season uh for a lot of teams um so yeah, yeah can't it's not blame that on the christmas party <laughs> it's a really yeah. difficult situation and uh i think the fia need to tighten up those rules there's no there's no surprise that there's been this kind of oh god what do we do now i mean the rules no are there but they rules if they're like people otherwise would just say oh well red bull got off lucky because then they changed the rules as a result of red bull going over them from like it should have been there since the beginning if you go over you're going to get a b c d and you could lose your championship or whatever it may be, like Ross Braun was saying, but it needs to have actually been done. Well, I know why they didn't know is because they yeah. didn't want teams to measure whether it was worth going over it. So that's why they that those it's the equivalent of like uh if if you to to put it in racing terms, uh rather than like court stuff, it's the equivalent of like uh if you said that penalties should all be the same, and if you jump the start, you get a five second time penalty then everyone will just go on the first red light and just yeet it into the first corner and try and lead and go, well, that's, I'm going to save it's five seconds it. in yeah. a, in a, in a race. And that's, I guess that is the, the similar thing because yeah, teams would just weigh up, but that, that is equally what Mercedes are now sort of arguing against that. If Red Bull get away with this, that they'll just say, well, actually we'll spend 500 billion mm. pounds next year, make well, a rocket just... ship. And if you want to, take off half our points it doesn't matter because we'll win the championship by over half <laughs> so yeah i've seen some amazing memes and videos of like you know there's like modded r factor stuff and it's like oh mercedes <laughs> when they release their 2023 yeah. car and it's a spaceship and stuff. <laughs> um but no, it's it's a really difficult one like the fia can't say it has teeth and then not provide the teeth when the rules are broken give them dentures or something and just... literally i've seen some <laughs> memes again it was like one tooth just hanging off and there's like these <laughs> are the teeth and, and things like this so um yeah it, i'm sure there's going to be a lot of learnings from this but the problem is whatever penalty is given this year will also be you know just like with stewards decisions ah oh, it happened in this race and this is what the penalty was given and then yeah whoever reaches the cap next year will then go well you only gave red bull 100 points constructors taken off or whatever which would actually not affect their position whatsoever in the in the 2021 title so it's a horrible situation and one with which i would not want to be part of the fia for because they've made the rules and now they have to do something about them uh, that's, so, that's yeah. katie's job to become you do sleep with the rule book and you can decide and you can just dish out the punishments yeah just get rid of all Hit of them. him over the head with an annual <laughs> link in the description uh us prediction i don't want to promote it as an a weapon of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah please do not use it as a weapon terms of condition don't, don't, is not yeah. a weapon. no it's not it? it is hardback though uh my two predictions uh hamilton podium and verstappen <laughs> doesn't win katie what are yours well, I mean, yours. No. One has already happened. I was going to say, Katie's on for the the double. Imagine whammy if you'd have said you ride on a horse. That would have been incredible. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think it, I don't think it counts. You didn't say horse. You said Hold going up. full US, actually. So that's... Yeah, and I said has to be. It was like I even played a little gamble because I didn't want to be too predictable and said for the one point he has to be wearing a cowboy hat and have some, you know, like 
funky facial hair and he did both and he arrived on a horse with a man and a guitar so yeah everybody's saying, saying is I, half think, point. I think this qualifies half a point, as yeah. a point katie i was like it's a hundred percent a point full point and i don't want any arguing <laughs> okay, well technically you've written he's going full u.s which is united states he had a freaking jacket on with you didn't a, technically you know? specify america though and you, you've written it. It could be going full us. Like, yeah. you, are you tra- are you saying that Daniel Ricciardo was actually dressing up as W? I mean, look, yeah. there's a lot. He was of dressed up as, as me. Like he was was there walking Frank into the paddock. And, uh, yeah, the founder. That's uh, so well done, Katie. And what was your <laughs> other one? Logan Sargent announced at Williams, so we'll have to wait and see. That'll be a double point. Boom. Uh, Tommy, I don't know. We'll you need uh, to stop going for predictions that we can already go over and before we've even got into the weekend. Just I'll come up with a really crazy. Like, crazy I don't do, one I don't do racing anymore. I'm just going to do how the drivers are uh, addressing. I'll, I'll do two racing related ones in Mexico, and I'll get my points. Okay. Oh, please, because you're you're, oh, you're hunting me down very. I was going to say you're really. I was going to say ahead. we've actually somebody actually figured out how many points we all have, and I think Matt, you're like half a point ahead at the moment yeah and tom is like three days behind oh uh, yeah because i've basically <laughs> like 300 points behind yeah. it's because i've been making predictions that aren't hamilton paid good but happen doesn't win ah <laughs> oh, it's a 50 50 chance you should know the game by now i know you really should. Yeah. don't I hate the gave... players hate the game we even allowed for you to get double points for this next prediction. exactly so don't okay. stop crying what are yours <laughs> uh so one red bull one mercedes and one Ferrari on the podium. And in I said that, that order. order. Yeah, for double points. And Ferrari if it's wrong, out. if it's in the wrong order, it's no yeah, points. Yeah, no points. Okay. I've, got to, I've got to gamble now. So mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. This is the situation I'm in. Uh, both has cars out in Q1. Nice uh, and optimistic. <laughs> good stuff. And the fans, M. Wallace 997, Mercedes to top at least one practice session, Kingsley underscore 420, Perez win, and surge to group one. Track limits will be an issue. There you go. Mm. That was actually quite a long podcast uh, for us, considering it wasn't, we were not talking anything about <laughs> racing. We were just uh, talking about FP1 slander and stuff. But good luck to all of the uh, rookies slash returning drivers uh, slash new faces in general uh, for in about a few hours' time, in fact. When does FP1 start? 8pm. Okay, so less than four hours to go. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this podcast, everybody. Lots of love. See you on Twitch live tomorrow uh, for the qualifying watch-along. Uh, Sunday for, of course, the race watch-along for Internet's Best Reactions. And also go pre-order the annual. Link in the description. But don't hit anyone with it. Okay, thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.